Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to the Big Talker Podcast on the Blog Talk Radio Network. I'm Burke Allen, live from Stately Allen Manor in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. Our number to call if you'd like to be part of the show is 516-418-5635. 516-418-5635. The Big Time Broadcast, the Big Talker Podcast, in the service of our friends at Speaker Match. Speakermatch.com, the world's largest online speakers bureau. If you're a speaker and you're interested in figuring out how to do it in this new era of uh, virtual speaking, Speakermatch.com can help you out. Visit them online and tell them we sent you. Um, We're talking a lot of global pandemic stuff on the podcast and getting some interesting information. and, uh, And I think that that has a place also, there is a place to talk entertainment, and today we're going to talk to my buddy Vaughn Lewis. You may have seen Vaughn in the Oscar-winning movie Green Book. He uh, played singer Bobby Rydell there. He also was in one of my favorite movies the last five years. I saw The Light, where he played Ray Price, great country singer. Um, he's been on stages from Hollywood to Atlantic City, everywhere in between, and he's also part of a, a package uh, that includes his wife, uh, Abby Lewis. They call it Lewis and Clark is kind of interesting. He's a, a North Carolinian, uh, and he is on the Big Talker podcast today. Hey, Von Lewis. Hello. It's the Big Talker podcast on the Blog Talk Radio Network, and there he is. Von Lewis is our hey. guest today. We had a big buildup, and then the internet said, yeah, it's not happening today. So I'm glad you could yeah, dial in. Thanks crazy. so much. It must be overloaded with all the people out there, you know, looking for memes of the uh, Tiger Hunter Netflix show out there, (laughs) Tiger King. Vaughn Lewis, if you are joining us late on the podcast, is uh, an actor, a singer, and a North Carolinian. You may have seen him in the uh, Oscar-winning film Green Book or in uh, I Saw the Light, various and on sundry other television projects, or on stages from Atlantic City to Hollywood singing the great American songbook and more, sometimes by himself, sometimes with his wife, the lovely and talented Abby Lewis, as part of Lewis and Clark. So what does a singer do when the stages are all shut down? Oh, that's a good question. That's a question I've been asking myself um, every day since uh, venues, restaurants that we perform at, lounges, uh, golf clubs, etc. those kind of places have kind of shut their doors or, or limited gatherings for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not the only one. That's the crazy thing. And feels like a twilight zone. I've got so many other performer friends too. We're all asking, what do we do now? I mean, the obvious answer is to go online and to try to reach your audience um, via an online platform. And you're doing some of that. I know you did a, a Facebook Live a couple of days ago. You've got another one coming up this weekend. And if, if folks are listening to this as a delayed podcast, uh, what is the date of your next Facebook Live? It's actually tonight. It's actually tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right, tonight at 8 p.m. And and so when you do that, you sort of set up in your your living room and do a show, and, and do people interact with you online? Do they send you uh, messages and all that? Yeah, so we, we, in our repertoire, since we've performed on cruise ships and had to 
work almost every night of the week, four hours a night sometimes. Um, you know, we build up a huge library of songs, so we know a lot of them. And uh, tonight we're going to gussy ourselves up as if we are going out to do a big show, set up my uh, LED uh, DJ Chevet lights and, and uh, get our tracking system going and, and uh, sing some songs. And if we've got the song, somebody requests it, we'll gladly sing it for them. I love that. All right. If folks want to check that out, uh, they can go where to get it again. It's on Facebook Live, right? Yeah, so we're going to be going uh, live from our Lewis and Clark Music Facebook page. So that's Lewis, the letter N, Clark Music um, on Facebook. You can find us uh, if you just type in the search bar Lewis and Clark or Lewis and Clark Music. But a direct URL will take you facebook.com slash Lewis and Clark Music. I love it. You'll do more of these than just tonight. But tonight, if uh, you're listening to the podcast, delayed, uh, we're recording on the 25th of March and it's at 8 p.m. Eastern. Hey, let's go all the way back uh, with you a little bit. How did you decide, and at what age, look, I want to be a performer. I want to be an actor. I want to be a singer. Um, well, you know, I grew up in a small town in North Carolina. It's called Vanceboro, North Carolina, and it's right between Greenville and New Bern, North Carolina. It's about 1,000 people. You know, there's a lot of farmland there. It's a small town, and there really wasn't much to do growing up. Uh, except for, you know, playing sports or, or working in your family's business. Um, and uh, one day I uh, decided, you know what, I'm not very good at sports. So, And I, I'm telling you, Burke, I, I tried out, I almost said auditioned, I tried out for every sport I could, you know, throughout middle school and just, you know, wasn't really feeling it. Until one day my friend said, hey, I'm going to audition for Oliver at the local community theater in New Bern at the New Bern Civic Theater, why don't you come with me? And so I gave it a shot. And uh, since then, the theater bugs bit me, and I uh, haven't really looked back. So your first play was Oliver. Yeah, I was a little orphan boy. So we've never talked about this before, although we're buddies. As a kid, my first play was Oliver. My first line on stage oh, ever. It? Yeah, I opened the second act by saying, bagels, fresh bagels. Oh, you were the bagel guy. <laughs> that was my gig. So so you were very gracious in saying that you weren't great at sports, but it sounds like you were really bad at sports, but really good at, at acting. Uh, or it was it was fun for you, and, and I believe what you focus on expands. So is that what happened with you as a kid? Did you just decide, I really like this, and so the more effort you put into it, the better you got at it? Yeah, you know um, – being that I wasn't good at sports, uh, one thing I did a lot was I stayed home and, and played a lot of video games, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I didn't really get out and wasn't really active a lot. So I was a little heavy as a kid. But once I found theater um, and I started being more active and moving around and, and dancing more, I really found a joy. And it kind of got me out of that kind of plateau that I was in. Met a lot of good friends. Um, I, I found that I was um, getting accolades or getting into show after show, um, I think it might have been something to do with there weren't a lot of boys in theater at the time. Um, but anyway, <laughs> it gave me an opportunity to really hone my skills, and and I decided to go to school for it. Went to East Carolina University in Greenville. I'm so thankful for that um, education. I spoke at their graduation this past spring. Um, and kind of gave the kids a pat on the back and sent them out into the world. And 
that's where I went. I traveled all over the country and working at cruise ships or regional theaters and just had a blast, had a blast until I found um, Abby and we joined together, joined our forces and, and, you know, life's gotten even better. Vaughn Lewis is our guest today on the Big Talker podcast. If you'd like to be a part of the show, our number 516-418-5635. You can also send us a, a chat message on the Big Talker podcast chat room. Uh, so Vaughn Lewis came to most people's attention uh, for the first time in the movie Green Book. But before that, you'd done some other television and, and film work. Uh, and, and I know there are lots of folks who are listening that have said, I want to do that. Or maybe their kids have said, I want to do that. So uh, you've been asked this before, I'm sure, a thousand times. How do you do that? How do you really get started in, in television and film work? You know, that's a really good question. Um, you know, it's something that I wish I could sum up in a short, you know, 10-point, you know, guide or PDF and send it out to people. Um, as you see some of these social media influencers kind of do. But, um, you know, it's really difficult to say. As a kid, I would read a lot of biographies of uh, people like Sinatra, Dean Martin, Hoagie Carmichael, a bunch of my idols, and and uh, kind of see how they did it. And everybody's story was so different, and I came to find out mine was so different. And it's it was so specific to my own journey. Um, you know, I went to school for it. Not everybody has to go to school for performance. That did help me with discipline and some connections. And really, it's a matter of grit, and it's a matter of self-education of really what type of performing you really want to do. Um, if you if all you want to do is perform, then there are many outlets for that. But if, if what you really want to do is, is be in a movie, well, you know, you have to ask yourself what kind of movie, you know, with who. And then you can start to kind of build a roadmap, so to speak. Well, since you said that, I, I find it fascinating that, that your two biggest movie roles, you played famous musicians. And I saw The Light, the, the Hank Williams biopic, you played country music superstar Ray Price in uh, Green yeah. Book. You opened that movie playing Bobby Rydell. So is that form and function of the fact that, that you see yourself as a singer first and so you went after roles as a singer or did it just kind of play out that way? Um, well, my background is in musical theater. I've, I'm, my degree is in musical theater, and so I'm a, a singer-actor, as I like to put it, you know, maybe dancer in small print. I'm, I'm a good mover. Um, and uh, so when I was going out to audition, uh, I got a film agent when I was in college, and uh, one of my, you know, traits on my resume was that I was a good singer. And so whenever there were roles that came through, that were for, you know, singing acting roles, I was always submitted. And, you know, I've sent in tapes after tape after tape, you know, every year, hundreds a year, you know, you come back and you get maybe like 10 auditions out of it. Maybe you get three callbacks and maybe you book one or two jobs out of that. Um, and so it's, it's a little crazy in that way. It's, I've always wanted to be a singer. Um, and acting is kind of like, you know, the other side of the coin. I look at it this way. I'm cooking a pasta dinner and I have yeah. a bunch of pots of water boiling, getting ready to boil on the stove. Whichever one boils first, I'm going to put the pasta in and then maybe I'll use the other pot for the sauce or the side dish or that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm kind of wearing a lot of hats, so to speak. 
So it's not an I love singing more than acting or I love acting more than singing. It's whichever pot boils to the top first. That's right. I think in the way that how I was saying earlier about, you know, what kind of things you want to do, be specific about it. How I got more specific with my career was fine-tuning the style of music that I love, that I want to sing for the rest of my life, and following that. And that's why I sing a lot of the classic American standards. And so going along with that, you know, then that, that has to lead into my acting side. So then that means that the more roles that I would get would be more period roles, i.e., you know, the Bobby Rydell role, the Ray Price role. Um, another fun role that I didn't really sing, but it was kind of a period piece, was uh, the Fox News Network uh, Legends and Lies. I played the role of Billy the Kid. Um, and that was, you know, that was a dream to me because I got to do what every little boy ever wanted to do, and that's to be a cowboy. Ride a horse, right. shoot guns, jump through windows, you know, get, get slung through the swinging doors of a, a saloon, you know. I love that. I love that. Von Lewis, our guest today on the Big Talker podcast, brought to you by SpeakerMatch.com. If you're a speaker, you want to find out how to be a speaker, this is the place to go, SpeakerMatch.com. Uh, you said something before that, that I think a lot of folks may not realize, and that is just how much rejection someone in the performing arts gets. Uh, you know, in today's world where you watch a television show, you watch an American Idol and America's Got Talent, The Voice, and you see somebody make it on TV and it seems like instantly famous. Uh, the fact of the matter is you have to handle an awful lot of no's. And I would assume a lot of them have nothing really to do with you. They may be looking for somebody who's taller or shorter or skinnier or fatter or whatever the case may be. How does that affect a performer's psyche, that much rejection? Um, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, really, because you have to build up an immunity, a thick skin to rejection, and you have to be able to um, not take it personal. Because you're right, it is. They are business decisions are reasons why you don't get cast in something a lot of times. It could be right. something as simple as, you know, a scheduling conflict. And it's nothing against you or your work. It's just the sheer fact. It could be the sheer fact that, the person they've already cast to play one part um, may not fit you if they were to cast you. You would be perfect for it, but the matching may not go very well. Um, it could be a number of things. You could, for commercials, you know, if if you are in one, I hate to say toilet paper, say the word on air. <laughs> if you're in one toilet paper commercial, you may not get into another toilet paper commercial just because of commercial conflict. They don't want you trying to sell two brands of toilet paper at the same time. You know, right. so once you kind of take it out of the personal realm and know that every decision is a business decision, it, it's almost, almost better for you because then you start making better business decisions. So Von Lewis is our guest today. If you're just joining us in the Big Talker podcast, uh, you played um, an incredibly well-known country music singer early in his career in this film, uh, the film is I Saw the Light. It's a Hank Williams story. And uh, I want to know a little bit about how you got that part. And before that, what you knew, if anything, about Ray Price. So um, when I got the the call to send in a tape to my agent, like I said before, you know, I send in hundreds of tapes a year almost. Um, when I got the call, I was reading the script. I was like, oh, this could be cool. Ray Price sounds cool. I didn't really know a lot about him. Um, 
And so I just tried to take the scene for what it was, um, which was, you know, just a simple conversation between two roommates, Hank Williams and Ray Price. They were roommates together. Um, and um, Ray Price was a little more straight edge than Hank was, as you could see in the movie. Um, yep. So, uh, you know, he was that kind of, kind of grounding force for Hank. So I just kind of took that into consideration and just, you know, played the scene in my tape. Sent out the tape, maybe a couple weeks later, hear back from my agent that I've got a callback in Louisiana. Now, here's another funny part about the acting industry is that if you get a callback in another state, you know, you're expected to go there and get, get yourself there. Um, and, and you should get yourself there, even if it costs, you know, a good amount of money for a plane ticket because, you know, not everybody's going to be able to go to that callback. And you have a better chance of being seen in person to land the role. What was hard about this was I had a date in Los Angeles doing a show, and then I would have had to have flown to Louisiana to do the callback, and then I had a date in Florida and South Carolina right around. So I had to do a lot of shuffling of these plane tickets, and I got myself there. I get in the room. Mark Abrams is there and uh, the casting director, uh, Tracy Kilpatrick. And, um, you know, we read the scene. I was the only one who showed up. We uh, read the scene, and uh, he was gave me a note, and he said, okay, that was good. And then I didn't hear anything for a couple of weeks until I got the job. So it was then that I really dug in and started doing a lot of research on Ray Price. And um, a funny story is when we were in the party scene house where – um, Ray Price, my character, has had a few drinks, and I'm talking to Hank. I end up getting in between him and the girl that he's with, you know, kind of blocking him in that moment. Um, they just said, you know, improvise this scene. And I had done my research on Ray Price, and I had found out a few things. So um, I get up to uh, Tom Hiddleston, who's playing Hank Williams, and um, I say, look at me, Hank, you know. I, I wanted to be a veterinarian, and now I'm one of the biggest names in Nashville or something like that, you know, I said. And we do the scene, and, and the director comes from behind a camera, and he's like, oh, my gosh, that was so funny. Where did you – how did you come up with that veterinarian line? And I was like, well, that was what he was going to be. That was what Ray Price was going to be was a veterinarian, and he stumbled upon, you know, country music. And the director, he looked at me with a really stern face. And he grimaced, and he's like, you shouldn't have said that. And then all of a sudden, he busted out laughing and was like, I'm just kidding. Great job. But me <laughs> being a new actor, I almost peed my pants. <laughs> and wow. they ended up keeping that in the movie. They kept that line that line in the movie. And I even, you know, my character didn't sing in the movie, so I, I tried to improvise a line where I was making up a song, and they kept that in there as well. So... Fantastic. Fantastic. Von Lewis, actor, singer, is with us, or singer, actor, as he prefers to be called. And uh, he's doing a Facebook Live tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern at uh, the Lewis and Clark Facebook fan page. So check that out. Um, The other movie that many folks may have seen you in is the Oscar winning Green Book. And you actually open that movie as 60s heartthrob Bobby Rydell and. and and I will share with our listeners that I had the enormous good fortune to be there to introduce you for the first time to the real Bobby Rydell before a show you, you both did in Atlantic city. How was that? Oh yeah. 
Yeah, that was amazing. I'm so thankful. Thanks for, you know, being a part of bringing me to that show because I just I'd been in touch with Bobby after filming and trying to figure out a time that Abby and I could go up and and see him at a show and and meet him in person. I I talked to him on the phone, had been texting him. And so then uh, you know, I got a call from Dave Damiani. He was doing a show uh with your client Landau and uh you guys, you know, invited me to come up and meet Bobby and it was awesome. Bobby was such a kind spirit and such a good guy over the phone and it was just magnified a hundred times, you know, meeting him in person. When you when you play somebody who is a real person, do you feel uh an extra sense of obligation to get it right? For example, with Ray Price who uh you know, passed fairly recently and Bobby Rydell who's still out there singing, do you watch video of them? Do you try to to mimic them in some way, but but mostly, is there is there an extra sense of obligation to nail it? Um, I think it comes from a lot of different decisions and a lot of a lot of people, you know, in the process, kind of fine tuning what's the final version of it. Um, because for Ray Price, you know, since I wasn't doing a lot of his songs, even though I did listen to his songs, since I wasn't singing them, I listened a lot to it to kind of get a feel for his vibe and his essence. I would watch interviews. Uh, Ray Price actually passed away a few months before I filmed, before I got knew I got the role, and I wish that I had, you know, he was around so I could have reached out to him and maybe got a little bit from him. Depends on how much they paint of you in the script, how much you can show. Uh, my role as Bobby Rydell in the movie, you know, was purely to come from the fact that I was singing in the club, the Copacabana, which Bobby was one of the youngest people to open at the club and have an act, the Copacabana. Um, and so I did a lot of research on that one performance and how he sang. I, I have a lyric sheet. It looks like I'm writing hieroglyphics over the, the different words and stuff so I could kind of get a feel for his scoops and his little, um, you know, isms that he would do while he sang. And I would practice in front of a mirror but then it comes down to, as I said, the other people in the process. You go in front of the directors, the music supervisor, um, and depending on the style of the film or the style of the story, um, they may have you play it more broad or pull it back and be a little more subtle. And so that comes into it too. Um, there were a few things that I that I wanted to do that were a little more uh, Bobby that they said, you know, actually let's find something more in between. And I was happy to do that. Um, and uh, I let my hair grow out so I could try to get it high enough. Um, but I think uh, uh, well, that was one thing after when Bobby saw a picture of me. He was like, you did good, kid, but your hair could have been higher. <laughs> it's the little things, isn't it? Um, we would be remiss before we wrap up the interview if we didn't talk about your incredibly talented wife, Abby Lewis, who, uh, man, Look, I think you're a fantastic singer, and uh, Abby can kind of, you know, run circles around you. I hate to say it, Bon, but she is an incredible talent. Yeah, you know, uh, she is. And I'm so so happy with myself and proud of myself and, and, and knowing that I'm a lucky man to have her. Uh, when we first met at the Greenbrier Resort as artists in residence there, we had our separate shows. She was singing a women of country, you know, Patsy Cline type show. I was singing my Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin show. We put our shows together, uh, used her maiden name and my last name. And so we called ourselves Lewis and Clark. And 
one thing led into another, and, and she just beams on stage. She makes everything I do 100% better. And, you know, I'm, I'm not shy in telling people that when they come to shows um, because she does. Um, and she doesn't just do that on stage. You know, it's at home, too, or it's in my other business dealings. You know, she helps to clean up my act and make me even better. And that's what every great wife should do, and she is a fantastic talent, even better lady. And, and one last question before I let you jump. You guys have chosen to live close to your hometown in North Carolina, and conventional wisdom has it that, you know, if you're going to make it in the entertainment business, you got to be in L.A. or you got to be in New York City. Um, in the midst of this global pandemic, I think we're probably both glad we're not in either of those places. But as a general right. statement, would you say that's not really the case anymore in, in today's Internet age? I would say that it's not the case if you make it not the case. Um, if you want to be successful doing what, what you want to do, you find the opportunity to make that happen wherever you are. Um, for instance, Bobby Rydell was told that he should have moved to Los Angeles, but he still had a great career living on the East Coast, and he doesn't regret it. Um, and, you know, I feel the same way. Um, I'm living closer to home, to my family. I have an eight-month-old son today. He's eight months old, uh, Grady, and uh, we're closer to my family. And I get to experience my nephews and nieces grow up and everything and, and be where I want to be. And, yes, it does help in this day and age. We have more connectivity online. Things can be done remotely. Um, you know, we have a regional airport in New Orleans. That's great. And I can hop on a plane and be there. Obviously, right now, things have changed. And I do agree with you. I'm grateful I'm not in New York or L.A. right now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And we send our best out to all our many, many hundreds of friends and acquaintances in the entertainment business and in both of those cities. Keep your heads down. Stay safe. Von Lewis, I love you. I love talking to you on the Big Talker podcast, and I wish you all the luck in the world. Once again, tell folks who may want to tune in to one of your Facebook Lives how they can find those online concerts to lift their spirits. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me, Burke. Von Lewis, our guest today. Visit him at the Lewis and Clark fan page on Facebook Live and, and check out one of his virtual concerts. Watch for him in the video stores, and now that you've got some extra time on your hands, you may want to check out I Saw the Light, the Hank Williams biopic, or Green Book, if you haven't seen them, and look for my buddy Von Lewis in either of those movies. The Big Talker Podcast brought to you by our friends at Speaker Match and SpeakerMatch.com, the United States' largest online speakers bureau, SpeakerMatch.com. Wherever you are, whatever you do, hug the ones you love, stay safe. Thank you for listening. Bye, everybody.